So, Michelle. So, David. Look, we've had a lot of stuff to unpack lately, and we've got a new government. We have a new government. We've got a new government. Yeah. And with that, there's a lot of stuff going on in the intelligence world. Yes. But I, I had a, a listener on at Ice by Podcast on our Twitter feed. Yes. Give me a question. I've answered this question before, but I've decided we need to really look quite solidly at this question. It's a question about guns. Okay. Right. Of course, what has happened in America recently and continues to happen brought up the question of, you know, what kind of guns do our spies carry? And uh, to cut a long story short, this is going to be really different and really, really disappointing. None. Not a lot, no. Uh, we do. Some of them do. Yeah. But not a lot of them, no. No. So I just thought today, let's have a look at our spies and guns. Yes, and I mean, it's pretty pertinent considering what's been going on in the US. Uh, yeah, I think we need to touch on that too. Yeah. You're listening to I Spy, the loaded gun of Australian intelligence. Um, uh, okay. No, wait a minute. It's not quite loaded yet. Step, <laughs> step away. <laughs> Put it down. Uh, Put it down. Uh, do I look down this hole? No, 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 no. I should put, put it down. Just put it down. Just... Hello and welcome to I Spied. My name is Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan and we're going to talk guns and spies, but also particularly the role, I think, of ASIO in terms of gun laws, I think is quite interesting one. And, Ooh, yeah. you know, the reason why this is kind of pertinent at the moment, we've seen a lot of mass shootings, particularly in the US. The last one at Uvalde, Texas, yeah. where 19 students, two teachers were murdered by a 18-year-old who mm. had access to two assault rifles. He bought on, them two weeks before for his age. 18th birthday. 18th birthday. Yep. Now, it's very interesting because when you go around the world, pretty much every country except for the US has made decisions to control their guns Restrict as, soon, access. as soon as something bad happens. Like yeah. in Australia, we had the Port Arthur Massacre. Then, and we had a conservative right government at that moment and they did the buyback scheme. They did all this kind of stuff. Here's a little fact on that. The ownership of weapons in Australia at the time of Port Arthur was yep. 6.4 Gun owners per 100 people. Right. By 2020, that was down to about 3.2 gun owners per Mm. 100 people. We basically went, well, do we need them? No, let's get rid of them. And interestingly, once those decisions were made, we've never had a mass shooting ever since. And that was in 1996. When was that? 96. 96. Yep. And we look across at New Zealand. They had a mass shooting. A man shot 51 Muslims. Hell of a mass shooting. Hell of a mass shooting. And then within two weeks, they did a similar thing. Yeah. And that was the thing with John Howard. John Howard had just gotten into power and he basically went, I've got political capital right now. I'm going to spend that capital on getting this rather unpopular, well, unpopular for some, idea through. What's interesting about it is it's not an unpopular idea to restrict arm ownership. Now, let's get down to spies. Yes. We we talk about spies, so let's look at it. At ASIO, as I've said, and if you want to know about it, it's called, the the episode is Jokes on a Plane, where I only touched a gun once and it really touched me when I was hit on the back of the head by one, well, with one, by a counter-terrorist soldier pretending to be a terrorist. Yes. Now, have you not shot a gun? I have. Right. Oh, yeah, I fired a twenty-two rifle because we had one. My parents had a farm and they had one and, you know, mm. you go and ping away at rabbits and things like that, Yeah, you know, getting rid of vermin. And, of course, if there was a sick animal, you'd use it. As soon as the gun buyback scheme happened, my father turned around and have it. Yeah. Don't need it. Because I can- when I was in the Armour Reserve, I got to shoot guns. Yeah, I fired an Owen submachine gun out the window of a very schmick 1957 Holden. Um, <laughs> okay, random. Yeah, well, no, it was in a, a TV show called Tough Nuts where I was playing – 
um, a very nasty piece of work, a big criminal in mm. the Sydney scene. I can't remember his name now. But essentially, I hang out the window. This guy, the story was, at his second wedding, he left his own wedding to drive to Randwick with his sidekick to gun down a guy he didn't like and then drove back to the wedding that had half the police force at it, mm. right? So that I fired a twenty two caliber Beretta automatic pistol. I fired a lot of weapons, but never in the role working for ASIO. It's always as an actor. Yeah. Now, the reason for that is ASIO don't get given guns. We don't want you to have a gun. Right, You don't need it. You have police officers that you work with. You have military personnel that you work with. They're the ones that carry the guns. And it's interesting because when you go to the UK, the police do not carry guns either, only special armed forces. Armed forces. Like if you go to Westminster, as we did, we walked past Westminster when we were in London. We had the kids with us, and there's a guy standing there Mm. with a heckler and Koch MP5, which is a fairly substantial weapon. We also tried to get into Kensington Gardens to take our kids to the Princess Di Memorial Playground and we were stopped by this copper with mm-hmm. a machine gun. And, mm-hmm. like, the class goes, sorry, you can't come in. Uh, there's been a, a body was found in the park and it's been investigated. And my, my son, who was 10, looked mm. at it went, that's a Heckler and Koch MP5 Mark IV. And the guy went, uh, y- yes. And he went, can I hold it? And the couple went, yeah, no, what? get out of here. Right? <laughs> I so, love how you, your copper changed accents. No, he was very North Country. He's oh, always okay, in right. North Country. Okay. <laughs> right, I like a North Country. I'm working on a North Country accent at the moment. But, okay. right, so our police are armed. Yeah, they, I think they carry around a Glock 19, I think is the standard weapon of issue. But, the but problem- it, it is this whole idea, though, and that's why the UK police don't ha- carry them, is because it is this idea that you are promoting violence by carrying a gun. Automatically, yeah. it puts a target on you. Yeah. Now, we do have spies that carry guns. Yes. Right. And those spies are- Actual aces. spies. Yeah, yeah actual, actual spies. No, actual spies. Real spies. Not- <laughs> They're real spies. Not fake spies like no, ASIO spies. No, no. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Oh. ASIO are not- No. Not the trolley pushing spy that work for ASIO that I am, but there are real spies in there. Yes. They're very, very good at what they do. Please don't- You know, I'm desperately trying to get Mike Burgess to come on the show, and if he hears that- I'm not coming on. Michelle was rude. Um, that's how he speaks. Is that how he speaks? That's, Michelle was oh, right. rude. All right. No, now we're definitely not getting him on. But ASIS, right? So yes. the Australian Secret Intelligence Service, who have suddenly become in, you know, popped up in the press quite a bit lately, mainly because their director general mm. likes to eat a schnitty with a glass of Pinot Grigio. But they can carry weapons. Now, they, they lost the chance to carry weapons for a while. That was taken away from them. Yes, by we've Parliament. spoken about this. We yeah. spoke about it after the um, Sheraton disaster. Yeah. But now they've got it back. Now, it's very heavily regulated. And because I know you love it when I do this, I went and checked the Act, mm. the Intelligence Services Act 2001. Right. Can't wait to hear it, yeah. please. Schedule 2. Yep, go. Uh, provision of weapons, training, etc. The provision of a weapon or training in the use of a weapon or in self-defense techniques is not prevented by subsection 6, brackets 4, if it is provided to a person who is a staff member or agent mm. of ASIS. Now, that's an interesting one. Yep. Agent of ASIS and for the purpose of enabling the person, one, to protect themselves, two, to protect a staff member or agent of ASIS, three, to protect a person who is cooperative operating with ASIS in accordance with Section 13, or to protect another person, class of person specified by the Minister's approval under Subclause 3, or to provide trading to staff members or agents of ASIS. Are you still talking? Yeah, I am. Uh, And basically- you can have a gun. It's for self-defense. And when you're operating on foreign soil, that is important, mm. right? Because you can get yourself in a situation, depending on where you are, where you'll need it. There was can an you in- take your gun on a plane if you're with ASIS? No. 
Yeah, How do that, you get it then? Uh, it would be in the embassy. Oh, you right. would have your okay. weapon in the embassy. Okay. I mean, oh, so sorry. gun storage. I mean, that's very interesting. Like, where are the guns? The guns would be held in the embassy. That's where they would be. If you needed to take one, you check it out. You take it with you, and then you check it back in. Right, right. We seriously, seriously monitor that kind of stuff. Yes. There was an interesting TV show where they in the UK. It only ran one season where they were training people to become MI6 spies. So mm. the British equivalent of ACES. And one exercise, they were given a gun. Mm. They were given an automatic pistol. They put it in their belt. A lot of them put it at the back of their jeans, yeah. right? They got in a car. They were driven a mile. And then they were let out at this fake town in an exercise spot. Mm. And they had to pretend that they were in like downtown Baghdad or downtown Lebanon or something like that. So they're walking around and these guys would walk up going, oh, hey, hey, hey. And they would grab them and try to put them in a car, mm. put a hood over them and drive them away. Every single one of them got hooded and put in a car, except one. And this guy walked up and went, hey, 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 and just pulled the gun and went, fuck off and fuck off now. And everybody in the crowd just backed off and he got back in the car and went, drive me to back to the embassy. So the guy in the car drove in the mile back to the thing and went, I failed. And they went, no, you're actually the only one that passed. Why? We needed to know that you would pull the gun in a situation that was getting out of control. Mm. That's part of the training. Right. When do I draw my gun? Yes. Right? So with ACES, you are really, 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 really strict. They're very strict on how they operate their guns, they're very strict on how they issue their guns, and it's not a toy that you just take home with you. Yeah. And that is, I mean, the flip of that is if you look at American intelligence, everyone's got a gun. Yes. And and that's kind of what I was getting at with in terms of our tight gun laws and yeah. how it would affect, you know, ASIS and ASIO in terms of A, there's a limit on how many guns they have to deal with. Yep. The only guns that they're kind of dealing with are the ones that are coming through back channels. Mm-hmm. Really. It's not it's not the everyday person. No, 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 no. A really interesting point happened. When I say that ASIO are not given guns, they are not given guns. But tech staff were being trained on how to handle weapons mm. because tech staff were often operating with counter-terrorist squads. Yes. And in one exercise, it was a counter-terrorist squad approaching a premises so with two techs so the techs could put audio and video devices in so they could see what was going inside this premises, right? The classic was the umpire walked up and went, you've been shot and you've been shot to two of the four guys in the yep. counter-terror squad. And the two guys in the counter-terror squad that were left turned to the Asia guys and went, pick up our guns, get the guns, get the guns. And they went, we're not allowed to. And then the umpire went, now you're dead and you're dead. And these counter-terror guys going, take our guns and defend yourselves. And it was like, and you're dead and you're dead. And they're like, why did you pick up the guns? It's like, we're not allowed to. But like even in cases of defence, surely Now, that's be. the interesting thing yeah. is counterterrorism, you know, the counterterrorist units then turned around and said, if those guys are going to come out with us, they need to know what to do so yeah. this happens. So they would get that kind of training, but they're not issued with weapons and they're not going to take them home. It's like literally if a guy falls down with a bullet in him in front of you, you can pick up a weapon and defend yourself and him while someone comes to rescue you. Right. right. So that's the thing. I mean, our personal protection guys, of course they're armed. They've got to be armed because they're there to protect somebody. And if someone comes at them with a gun, harsh language ain't going to cut it. No, but also there are ways that I think you can defuse the situation. As, oh, definitely. And I think that's the whole idea about not having guns or carrying guns. Yeah. Is that you should be able to defuse the situation before it even gets to that. Of course. Uh, And that, I mean, in Australia, as we've seen since Port Arthur, there have not been any mass shootings. There have been shootings. And in fact, funnily enough, there is an increase. Currently, there's an increase in gun ownership, particularly handguns. Mm. Right. Funnily enough, in my neighbourhood, which is a very wealthy neighbourhood, there is an increase in gun ownership in that neighbourhood. Now, I don't know whether it's because it's people that are nervous and worried, but I also think that a lot of it is to do that shooting a handgun is actually quite fun. 
target shooting. And that's the other thing. With Australia, if you've got a gun, you've got to lock the gun up separately from the ammo, which has also got to be locked up, or it's got to be locked up at the gun club. Yeah. So you just don't leave it lying around. Whereas no in, in America, you can actually get a bedside holster for a shotgun. Yeah, I mean, America's a whole different yeah. kettle of fish. I mean, I was there recently and when I was in Vegas, I was sitting at a sports bar and the guy next to me happened to own a gun shop and I was just talking to him and he showed me some video of his nine-year-old boy going through a course and shooting things that were moving and stuff like that. Yep. Now, his son is the same age as my son. Yep. My son has a Nerf gun. and <laughs> Oh, I have a Nerf and, gun too. Yeah, and that's about the extent of it. So, But it was just there's something very confronting about seeing a nine-year-old with uh, a massive weapon and shooting things. Almost oh, definitely. I mean, that, yeah. that to me is- It's the normalisation of it. Yeah, it's and, mm-hmm. but it's also it's getting to the point where it's the fetish- Fetis- fetish- Fetishism. Fetishism. Fetishization. Oh, God, that's <laughs> Fetis- such a stupid word. Fet- fet- fetis- fetishization. They get off on it, right? <laughs> Okay. Look, we can we can do you want to go to America? Do we do we want to talk about Look, that? Look, I but I think we need to like keep it I, everyone's going to pull apart what's happened yeah, recently we can. and all the mass shootings. But I don't think we need to go there. But what I think what we need to look at is gun violence and gun ownership and how it pertains to security issues. Yeah, on the, on the wider scale. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I mean the interesting thing about that is when you really think about it, what's yeah. going on in America is a massive security issue. 100%. Right. If half of the people that stormed the Capitol on the 6th of January had decided to bring a gun with them. I'm sure them. some of them had them. Uh, I'm sure some of them did. But if they, if some of them decided, yeah. no, we are actually going to go. Could have ended worse. It would have been an absolute bloodbath. Yeah. All right. And that's the thing that's uh, the militarization of police there as well. Yeah. That's, again, these are really big security issues that the Americans need to address or they, they well, saying they might lose control of the situations, I think that boat has well and truly sailed. So, look, with Australia, because we focus on intelligence gathering and intelligence communication, right, so ASIO is essentially it's an advisory body. Yeah. Right. Now, it's an incredibly intense and secretive advisory body in the way they – not just what they do, how they do it, why they do it is not the surprise. We know why they operate the way they do, but how they operate. So their standard operational procedures, you don't need to know. You really don't. But when it comes to weapons, and look, I know case officers and you know field officers that have spoken about the gun threats that they've been under. Yeah. One guy, again, a tech who was crawling through a, a wall cavity to place an audio device inside a house wasn't told that the target was at home and asleep in his bed. Now, this guy slept in his bed with a pistol under the- like An automatic, fully automatic pistol mm. under his pillow. Now, all this guy had to do was make the wrong noise, and that guy could have opened up at the wall. He's dead. Mm. And, and like, one, you've got no chance of firing back, even if you were carrying a gun. But again, it's not his job to carry a gun. Yes. You don't want you having a but gun. But I think if we were to look at security in the US, it's probably fraught with a lot more danger in terms of that is a very real threat. What, but, whatever they're doing over there, is there's always the very real threat that someone could shoot them. Well, the classic thing is something like Waco or those, you know, the, the cults or the militias. Now, mm. this is where it's it's crazy, is according to the Second Amendment, Americans are allowed to bear arms as an organised militia, right? So that was actually the rule. And the rule the founding fathers had was 
look, it'd be good if we could all have guns just in case the British try to take us back. Yeah. Well, again, that's another boat that's sailed. No one's coming to take America back. The people that say we're going to take our country back are the ones that live there. I mean, it's mm. it, that's the thing that's strange. It's now such a polarised community, well, society. But what happened was the Supreme Court, I think it was in 2006, turned around and said, yeah, just any random Joe is a militia. And it's like, no, an organised militia is essentially soldiery, like yeah. a, a, an amateur army, a reserve army. Interestingly enough, the second highest number of weapons in the world owned by the population, can you guess the country? UK. Switzerland. 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 See, yes, I that's would right. never have guessed that. Yeah, welcome to Switzerland. Have the Toblerone and go home. Uh, right. <laughs> so the whole thing with Switzerland is pretty much every household will have a military rifle in it. Because hmm. when you turn 18, you serve two years in the National Service. Okay, right. And then when you leave, they say, take your gun home in case you need it. And okay. it's not in case you need it to walk into a school. It's take your gun home because if someone invades Switzerland, you're on. Right. right. So they've all been trained how they've to use it They've all been anyway. trained how to use it. And to be perfectly honest, I can't imagine anyone in Switzerland wanting to go and shoot up a supermarket simply because it's so pretty. It's like, yeah. It really is a beautiful country. And the big point is the way that the Americans have militarised everything. Their police force are militarised, but even their amateur hunters. An AR-15 is a weapons platform to kill or maim another human. That's what it is specifically designed for, right? No one's hunting with it. I don't understand. Oh, yes, they are. No, but like you, do, it's completely unnecessary. And what's the point? Like, there's no art in hunting with an assault rifle. No, that, that, that's <laughs> it. You're not hunting. You are out there to slaughter. And I mean, the other really interesting point is, you know, you can buy armor-piercing rounds. I don't know any bears that are wearing Kevlar. No. Why do you need them? All right. Now people go, I need them because yeah, uh, because uh, I am a hunter and, and you know, elk. It might hit an antler, right? No. Yeah. Uh, driving over is really interesting. Driving over, do the recording. There was a US congressman who turned around and said, well, crime is just out of control. It's like, because everyone's got a gun, dude. Yeah, so there was some interesting statistics on after we had, like, tightened our gun laws, mm. how our just our crime in general had dropped by something crazy. Like, we yeah. just, in general, all crime across the board had dropped as soon as you restricted gun access. Yeah. Now, going back to the intelligence thing, and you, you said, can they take the gun on, their plane, on the plane? Yes. Here's a really interesting point. A couple of FBI guys I knew back at the US Embassy when I was working for ASIO. Okay. They were both the guys seconded from the FBI mm. to Australia for a two year period. Of See, now I would think that they were would be allowed to have their gun. They were. They carried their guns with them. Right. It was regarded that you're your law enforcement officers, therefore you can carry it. And you're in this country as diplomats, we trust that you know what you're doing. And they do. And I don't think they ever drew them. Right. I, mm. From my knowledge of what I know of them, they never pulled their weapons. The interesting point was they both had to fly to Sydney one day. And they showed up at check-in and one of them put his badge down and went, I'm with the FBI, and took his gun off and put it down, mm. right? And, you know, the, the poor guy at the security check-in went, ah. Yeah. And thankfully, the hostess said, we'll have to check that into the cockpit. And the FBI guy went, yeah, that's fine. The other guy went, you will not take my weapon. And I was like, sir, you can't get on the plane unless we check that. I'm an FBI officer. I carry my weapon. It never leaves my side. Now, here's the thing. Mm. You're flying from, from Canberra. To Sydney. Now, anyone who's going to hijack a plane for that flight, wait, you're an idiot because you're barely, by the time you go, all right, I'm taking over the plane, you've you're already landing. got to sit down and strap yeah. in, you're yeah. landing, all right? So the whole thing is, again, one of them went, 
I understand your rules, mm. which is really important. If you're living in another country, you've got to live by their rules. And you also have to, like, pick your fights, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah, and to me that was like, this is a really stupid hill to die on. Yes. Because it's not going to end well for you. It's not going to end well for the airline, and it's certainly got, not going to end well for the embassy. Yeah. So how about we just- Everyone take a deep breath yeah. and just put it in the box. In the you know, You'll get it back in 40 minutes. Yes. Right? It's that simple. So they can take the guns on. That's really interesting because I, I would imagine that that would not happen here. No. There'd be no, 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 no. reason. But like, there are sky marshals with low-velocity rounds in a pistol so in case someone gets on the plane. Mm. But, that, I mean, that's more international flights and stuff like that. And in America, it's a lot more prevalent. I don't think I've ever met or seen a sky marshal. But then again- I don't think I'd want to be able to see them. Yeah. Right? Is it like they're going to sit there with a hat and a badge on? They're just going to sit there and they'd have a concealed weapon on them. Right. But again, just getting on the plane as an air marshal must be difficult because you've got to go through the queue with everybody else and you've got a weapon on you and it's going to set the dinger off and then you, you know, be able, I don't know how they do it. So from a security perspective, when, yep. we're, when we're looking at guns and their prevalence or not, so prevalent as the case might be, mm. may be for us. Recently, though, we have seen an influx in guns coming into the country, yeah. particularly with a lot of the organised crime. Yeah. And only recently there was a big shakedown of organised crime and they found a lot of guns and a lot of drugs and a lot of everything. Oh, yeah. Would ASIO be heavily involved in that stuff because it's coming in and out? No, no. ASIO, look, ASIO would definitely be interested in that. Yes. Right? But they would not be heavily involved in it. Right. Right. The point is what ASIO's point of interest with that sort of thing is more along the lines of, you know, if it's going to a bikey gang, they're like, yeah, the police's problem, not ours. But it's it's more a higher level organised crime, not bikey gangs, more like, you know, you're close to terrorism but, like, not quite. If you're getting close to terrorism, oh, we definitely want to know about it. Yeah. The same with if you're a white right-wing group and you're suddenly building up a whole bunch of weapons from- Because there's that as well, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We really want to know about that. But armed people are dangerous, mm. right? And yeah, as I said, what is it? Two out of a hundred people, two and a half out of a hundred people mm. are gun owners, right? Now, the interesting thing is, there's about three point five million registered firearms in Australia. But when you break it down with the figures, it means that the average gun owner owns four weapons. Mm. Now, generally, that's going to be the guy's got maybe a shotgun, maybe a long rifle, like a three hundred three or a twenty twenty or something for hunting, like goes out and shoots feral yep. pigs, and maybe a twenty two that his son uses and Maybe a handgun. Maybe, right? Mm. So, on average, gun owners have about four weapons. So, 3.5 million firearms, if everyone's, you know, if most gun owners have four, that's not a lot of people with guns, yep. all right? So, that reduces that capacity, which, again, I don't have a problem with whatsoever. The fewer guns we have around, the better. The average number of guns in America is 120 firearms per 100 people. Do the math. Yeah. Right? And <laughs> the like funny, th yeah, it, but the funny thing is, the gun ownership is around about 60%, right? So that's still a lot of people with weapons, yeah. but that means there are a lot of people with a lot of guns, right? And that's a big security risk. Well, I read like the, someone's brought up this tweet that the current Texas governor um, tweeted a few years ago, and basically he said that California is number one in gun ownership and Texas is second. Come on, let's change that. We've got to do better. We have to do better. Yeah. So they like, <laughs> and then you reap what you sow. Yeah, the gun ownership becomes a competition, which mm. again, it's that. 
fetishization. Getting turned on <laughs> by owning a gun. All right. It, it's that the whole thing is it's the fixation with gun ownership. Yes. Now, there's a beautiful thing in the Bowling for Columbine movie that's yeah. basically the, a, a cartoon explanation of why Americans love guns. And it, it's a really, really clever way of looking at it. But there was one tweet I saw that was really interesting. It was like, okay, how about we solve it like this? Any guy that wants to buy a gun has to go through the same hoops any woman who wants an abortion has to go through, right? And it was literally like you've got to see counselling, mm. you've got to get checks done, you got to. Th- there are no checks, and interestingly enough, there is a law in forty-four of the fifty states in America called the preemption law, mm. which means it's a preemptive law that blocks any law that tries to bring in gun control. Yeah, filibuster. Like, right. they're, they're filibuster. They're filibuster and they're gerrymander and all that sort of yeah. stuff. But for America. The security risk runs to the point where it just boils over and it keeps getting there. It seems yeah, like Yeah, and interestingly enough, now that they're getting rid of Roe v. Wade, you can't have an abortion, but you can buy an AK. Uh, you can buy an AK 47 <laughs> or, or an AR 15 and go into a school and yeah. no one's going to do anything about it. You know, yeah. We're not worried about the school, we're worried about the unborn yeah. children. Now, But anyway, what, what I really wanted to get onto as well quickly uh-huh. so ASIO don't carry guns. Nope. But when you look at every other country, like their kind of version of ASIO do carry guns. Not necessarily. Not necessarily no 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 no. right so the british i think mi5 do but yes. don't forget mi5 were going up against obstacles or adversaries like the mm. ira yeah, yeah yeah who were armed right the ira were operating in the uk that makes it yeah. domestic intelligence and domestic security therefore that's an mi5 problem yeah right so yeah they would have been armed and they would still be armed um, the funny thing is once you give a person a gun it's really hard to get it back mm. i mean that's why the buyback in australia was such an incredible moment yeah. in our history now yeah America, pretty much everyone, if you're in intelligence, you got a gun. And you're not in intelligence, you probably got one anyway, mm. right? Canada, well, their internal security, CSIS, has the Royal Canadian Mount of Police in it. Yep. So they do have a policing side of it. So, yes, weapons would be part of their purview. The French don't. Just don't mess with the French. Why? What do they got? They don't take prisoners. They're armed with a baguette. Oh, they mate, <laughs> no, they, they're armed with a nine millimeter baguette that fires croissants at you at range. No, they. I mean, they, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. No, the, the French. The French are very proactive in their internal security and right. their domestic security. So yes, I should imagine they're armed. I think that we're the exception, not the rule. Mm. But I don't think that we're the only country that leaves our domestic intelligence officers unarmed. That doesn't mean they're unprotected. It just means that they can't pick up a gun and start a fight. So anyway, look, it's really interesting talking about guns because when we think about guns specifically off the back of what's just happened Mm -hmm. and where our law enforcement, not just our law enforcement, but mostly like ASIO and ACES kind of sit, Yeah, it's interesting to know that some of them carry guns, some of them don't carry guns. They only carry guns and it's only ACES, Mm. but the ones that carry guns only carry them when they bloody need them. They don't carry them as a habit. They carry them. As a part of but an operation. But I would think that that is different for different countries. And it's interesting because, you know, the ones that probably would be a bit more heavily carrying them are the ones that probably have more guns to deal with. Yes. I think that really is the point. The more guns you have in your society, the yes. more you're going to, your law enforcement and your intelligence security yes. are going to need them to be able to combat it. In Australia, we don't walk around carrying guns. If somebody was to walk out in the street carrying a gun right now, man, that would make the six o'clock news. Yeah, 100%. In America, 
that's going to McDonald's. Yes. Right? So there's the difference, right? Yep. That's the dichotomy. And I think you made a really good point in saying that because we're not as armed, our law enforcement and our intelligence do not need to be as armed. Yes. Thank heaven for that too because let me tell you, mate, just- it- Imagine walking into a situation and at any moment you could be shot at. Here's a great point, right? It's a great way to finish it up. We had a new parent at the school. Now, my, my children uh, went to a school in the city. Mm. I teach at that same school. My wife was on the PNF and, of course, somebody brought up, I demand that we have an armed security guard at the front door. Random. Right. Well, yeah, we all sort of like, my wife said, you know, she just turned around and went, no. And the mm. person went, these children are going to school in the middle of the CBD, right next door yes. to town hall. You know, there are a lot of important people. What if something happened here, right? And she went, they are in a primary security zone, right? So at the school that my children attended and the one I go to every day to teach is in the middle of a primary security zone. If yep. anything happens, there's going to be a cop there in 30 seconds. 100%. Right? Boom, right? I That's- mean, we, we saw that with the Lint Cafe. Lint Cafe. Siege. Well, the other thing was there was a bomb scare. Somebody rang up and said they planted a bomb in Town Hall. Yeah. Right? So the school gets locked down and then- on the cover of the Sydney Morning Herald the next morning, it, thankfully my son wasn't involved, but it was a bunch of his mates who'd snuck down into the foyer to watch it through the front mm. doors and they all got a detention because they didn't have their shirts tucked in, right? Now, in America, that would be, you know, duck and cover and go to the security and get under yeah. your desk and turn off the lights. In Australia, it's like, boys, the next time you go to watch the bomb squad, can you please tuck your shirts in because yeah. you made the school look bad, <laughs> right? That's the level that we're looking at yeah. here. So, you know, of course, the whole armed guard at the front door, that never happened, right? They have a security guy at the door, mainly because it's, you know, some random walks in off the street. Yes, just it's more for the randoms. It's it's not a I'm coming in to kidnap someone. It's more like oh, can I can I use the toilet? <laughs> no, you can't. It's no. a school. Oh, sorry, did and it, most people don't realise it's a school. Yeah, right? yeah. So yeah, in Australia, the reason why our security intelligence services are not armed is they don't need to be. That's good. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. God, imagine me walking around on the mail train with a gun. I am so happy you never had a gun. <laughs> Like, really happy. I was so disappointed until I realised, oh, God, if I had a gun, I'd probably use it and it'd probably shoot me first. And also, imagine you storing it in that bum bag of yours. It was a big bum bag. I'd actually have it holstered next oh, to the bum bag. God. And God. then when I turned the bum bag around, this. I couldn't. Okay. It'd be very hard to be across from